Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little So am I supposed to rehash the nonsense of this fraud theater during an election year? Are we supposed to get all excited? Ooh, it's an election year. You robbed us four years ago, you're going to rob us now. So forgive me if I don't partake in your scams. I'm more interested in exposing them, the profiteering of a corrupt gangster government. And there's no better example than the labor extortion mafias having a banner three years. While the rest of us are wallowing in the quagmire of a government supremacist corrupt economy. These labor extortion hierarchy, the upper echelon, who make 700000 a year pretending to represent workers as they corrupt the system. They're having a great time. But as for the workers, not so much. Whether it's the workers at UPS, whether it's the workers at U.S. Foods, who, by the way, it's the, it's the quietest strike I've ever heard in one of the most important industries. It's sweeping the country. Do you hear anybody talking about it? These union labor extortion mafia hierarchies are freezing the logistics of food. Kind of important. But that's all right. We'll pretend that the labor extortion mafias are down with the workers rather than fat-ass pansy gangsters screwing everybody, including us. W. President Sean Fain made himself famous as the defender of the working class and, in particular, temporary workers, he said, the Detroit Three Companies abused. But tonight, many are wondering what happened as hundreds are not making that historic union wage but are on the unemployment line. This is a- By the way, this is 539 today. Thousands during the negotiations, and nobody wants to talk about it. Not to mention, you made those popsicles that are stranded all over the country right now, morons. Rob Maloney has the story. The stand-up strike was supposed to bring equity, supposed to help out all of the UAW membership. and the- Like Venezuela, like Cuba, like the Soviet Union, like the Third Reich. And yes, we'll get to the fourth Reich in a little while. And Friday happened for many of the temporary workers here at Stellantis, like at the Warren Truck Assembly Plant. They're unemployed, and boy are they angry, not just at the company, but the union, too. Stellantis today confirmed it pink-slipped 539 supplemental or temporary employees across a number of Metro Detroit plants. By the way, all of you guys who think you're down with the struggle, who are U.S. food guys, this is going to happen to you. So stand up like an individual, like a man, and stop being a useful moron. Foreign truck machine operator and single mom Ashley Wilmoth is one. I am very angry. I am very uh, disgusted with the union 
knowing that all of us were a part of the union, knowing that we were paying dues to have no protection, it is not only disheartening, but it's disgusting at what they're Welcome to reality, honey. In the meantime, are you mad about the 17 million that the gangsters stole from you before, Sean Fain? You know the guy who went on trial then pled out like the six before him. You you waking up a little bit, Toots? They're doing to people. Solanus today saying in a statement it is looking for manufacturing efficiencies and, quote, following an operational review, the company is reducing the number of supplemental employees across our U.S. footprint effective immediately. Gee, never saw it coming. It happens every time the labor extortion mafia pretends they have a victory. The actual workers get the Buddha gig. And now the government that has managed to backdoor nationalize these companies because all of these big three, you wouldn't exist without government sweetheart favoritism, nonsense loans that average companies can't get because you bribe through campaign contributions, very specific politicians. You know, the morons that soil their seat and, and embarrass the nation on the world stage like the Democrat Joe Biden and his entire administration. Now, how does this same government that can't operate one municipality, not one, especially when Democrats are in charge, even operates remotely like it's supposed to, and we'll go to that moron Trump and Dalton in a minute, how do you have the audacity to tell business people they can't merge or acquire other companies? I mean, how much more are we going to take this fascism from the supposed government built on freedom and liberty and the rights of people? Tyler, we are looking at a decision in the JetBlue Spirit merger case, and it is against JetBlue and Spirit merging. The DOJ victorious a judge has decided this merger will not go through. Take a look at shares of JetBlue and Spirit, and that's why you see the reaction that... Hey, where's the judge talking about the lack of competition in, I don't know, rail, like Amtrak? Why does Amtrak have a monopoly? Because Amtrak is a pass-through of corruption to the Democrats' scourge, like Joe Biden. Wasn't he Mr. Lunchbox Joe's on the Amtrak? Yeah. You're seeing, especially with Spirit, down, what, 47%? A judge, again, deciding that the DOJ has prevailed in proving that it would hurt competition if JetBlue and Spirit were to merge. So as a result, you will not see this merger between JetBlue and Spirit again. Competition. It's going to hurt competition? You mean like the labor extortion mafia knuckling under car manufacturers? I mean, it's not bad enough that they destroyed what used to be American manufacturing big three. Now the government is helping them infiltrate companies that have existed for decades without their corrupt pansy soft hands destroying the principles of capitalism doj victorious in this case tyler i'll send it is there any route of a of of appeal the doj is victorious but what about the company that maybe wanted to sell the shareholders 401ks and the workers who were going to cash out what about the tens of thousands of people directly affected, let alone the millions indirectly who had stock in these companies. What about them? You corrupt gangster government. That's all you are. That's why Joe Biden is perfect. The election stealing traitor and thief that he is. Don't let the government become the master instead of the servant. And the real problem is, in my opinion, that as we move from the local community to the state, from the state to the federal government, it becomes increasingly difficult for us to control the mechanism we have established. And that mechanism tends to control us. 
That was the great wisdom of the founding fathers of this country, of the people who wrote the Constitution. That Constitution was designed to limit government's powers in order to preserve the freedom of the individuals. And what has happened in the past 50 years is that the fundamental character of the Constitution has really been changed. We have broadened enormously the conception of what is a governmental power and what is not and have departed from that limited government until we have created a Frankenstein, an unlimited government that threatens to destroy us. So are we supposed to talk about a phony election as we're already victims of the most obvious election theft in world history called the Joe Biden administration? Oh, and he was out yesterday and he was appealing to morons who think he's legitimate. He, he wouldn't be talking about this if he didn't acknowledge that the economy is doing pretty damn well, and particularly for people who, in fact, need the most help. You mean like the massive wealth welfare rolls that have increased by about 40% since you stole the office? Does it have to get to 50? When exactly will Americans wake up and see the swindler fraud that he is? Because clearly he can barely speak anymore. And now, look, I, you and I talked about this before. Everybody thinks because I'm president and I've been around a long time, they don't know. You, you recall, for 36 years, I was listening to the poorest man in the United States Congress. Yeah, that's joke. true. Is it true, Al Sharpton, you tax-dodging, phony reverend? Is it true? Then how did you buy a DuPont mansion in 1982, you crooked whore? Well, thank you, Al. It's not the first King Day either. I've been doing it my whole life. I, that's why I got involved, Dr. King. You've been in the office. You know that I only have two busts there, one of Dr. King, I can see from my desk, and the other Bobby Kennedy. Unless he's talking to Greeks. Then he's got a Greek philosopher. If he's Italians, he's got Christopher Columbus. If it's an Indian, he's got uh, uh, Pocahontas. In the meantime, he'll say anything. And the political whores will step and fetch. Where are the Republicans? Ooh, the Republicans, like Nikki Haley. Where are they all? And the House is canceling votes tonight due to inclement weather just days ahead of a deadline to avoid a government shutdown. You canceled the vote because you're cold? Did you ever hear of George Washington and Valley Forge? It was twice as cold and they didn't have shoes. And now we have Zoom. The whole world is on Zoom. See, what they don't want you to know is that they're dreading the idea that the people are waking up. They're dreading the idea that people who are victims of their policies, be they at Stellantis, which used to be Chrysler, or GM, or Ford, or how about some of the banks? Morgan Stanley came into this year as one of the most richly traded banks from a price-to-book basis, but the stock drop yep. you're seeing today is still the worst you've seen in October. So certainly a tough reception for Ted Pick over at Morgan Stanley on the first earnings. Another bank laying off thousands, thousands. And in the meantime, you're supposed to pretend that these idiots know what they're doing? When the people are in these stands watching you, be they parents or students or kids, you're lifting them up. When people are out here saying, ah, or they're saying, yay, or they say all of the things that they say in response to the game, you're lifting them up with a sense of joy about being a part of a community. Put your shirt on. You're virtually useless. Today, we stand really at a unique juncture 
in human history, facing challenges that are as diverse as they are profound. The special role of the World Economic Forum is not to look just at one single issue. It is a place where at the beginning of the year we came together to analyze the state of the world in a systemic and strategic way. Jawohl, Herr Führer. In the meantime, are you going to talk about, uh, you know, World War III? Houthi rebels fired another ballistic missile into the Red Sea area, hitting a U.S.-owned and operated container ship. There's not a Democrat that gives a rip. And the good news is, for the Democrat oligarchs, the mafia, the gangster government, all you got to do is give them a little more money and tell them a lie. They'll believe anything. It's the Republicans who haven't been willing to come to the table for decades when Democrats have been at the table. And Joe Biden is at the table right now, ready Wrong. to make comprehensive immigration reform a reality and to secure the border. And it's Republicans who are refusing to do so. So. Wrong. Making Illinois proud again. The shart in the pants mafia. Only this time, they're a little overweight. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show. Where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Now we are having a president, an ex-president, on trial for rape. And it's not the one we all know is a rapist by the name of Bill Clinton, the intern molester. You know, at the time that he was molesting Monica Lewinsky, she was 20. And do you know he was in his late 50s? And the Democrats could give a rip. You know who could give a rip? This E. Jean Carroll, this schizophrenic moron, lying fraud that she is. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not. This was not sexual. It just. It. It hurt. It just. What. It just. You know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a. I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> She's perfectly normal. She's perfectly normal. She even confused Gloria Vanderbilt's kid, which is virtually impossible to confuse him. Brian Wheatfield. Hey, Sean. Hey, how many uh, Congress people you think uh, shorted that jet blue and uh, spirit? We ought to look into that, huh? Do you want to know what's fascinating, Brian? I'm, I, I love... I love the history of our nation and the history of how we are the youngest and the richest. And I want you to watch when they tried to perfect this, ironically, with Gloria Vanderbilt's father, grandfather, uh, Anderson Cooper's great-grandfather. He was named the Commodore, and he had a uh, really a stronghold on, on rail. And the congressman used to try and do the same thing to him. They would cancel his land purchases. They would try to block his expansion of the railroad. And at the same time, they would do exactly what you just said. They would short his stock. And you know the Commodore would risk every dollar, every single time, because he knew he was going to win. It wasn't until the fruit of his loins, his favorite son died, 
the rest of the, the family was kind of the weak part of his loins. And that's who you see today. Who's By the way, they've squandered his fortune as well. So I'm sure they all got rich on shorting it. Well, many hedge funds, many retirement funds, and many citizens lost a fortune, least of which is not the workers who were going to all cash out. So that's what the one Democrat judge and a corrupt Department of Justice who doesn't want to pr- prosecute known known political whores who have accepted bribes from enemies foreign and domestic. They want to give them a pass, be they Swalwell or Joe Biden. So it's an interesting point, and uh, there's always more money to be made on the short side than the long side. Thank you very much, Brian. Scott in Sycamore. How's it going, Sean? Good. How are you? Uh, you know, I turned on the radio and I heard you talking about Sharpton and the rest of those morons. And I thought, you know, I find it funny that every time Joe turns around and changes who he's been supporting his whole life, I find it funny that there's no photos of it. But yet we have photos of Trump winning awards with the NAACP. We have Trump with Jesse Jackson and Sharpton and all these people who used to fawn all over him. And yet... We never see anything from Joe. We haven't heard a lot of talk. Scott, the thing about it, the thing about Democrats for fifty dollars, you can get them to eat a banana and drop off a fruit salad. They're whores, and the reason that they were around Trump is there was money in it, and the reason that they're going against Trump now is because there's money in it. This is what they all do, Scott. Time in and time out. You're a racist. Who the hell is? I knew this was going to happen. Who is that? Trump's a racist! <laughs> it's Larry David. What are you doing, Larry? I heard if I yelled that, they'd give me $5,000. <laughs> As a businessman, I can fully respect that. That's okay. Now, in the meantime, what you have happening in these Democrat sewers. It's too much to really keep a lid on it. Now, granted, they're very good at keeping a lid on it. Have you heard about the strike at U.S. Foods? As the mafia upper echelon of the unions is knuckling under the transportation of food. Did you hear about it anywhere? It's spreading like wildfire across the nation. Spokane, now the latest to partake. Chicago's already there. You hear nothing on the news. Nothing. In the meantime... What do you witness? What do you see right before your eyes? Tanya, police issuing that alert early this morning. They're looking for at least four males who are armed. There were three robberies last night. All happened within about an hour of each other between 8.30 and 9.30 p.m. The cities are irrelevant. They're happening wherever the Democrats scourge are. You know why it's not happening in Florida, Squirrel? Because we'll kill them. Number one, the citizens will. But so will the police. And they come out almost on a weekly basis and tell the scum, if you do something, we will hunt you. We will arrest you. We will put you in jail for a million years. In the meantime, in these Democrat areas, uh, not so much. Yeah, Anthony, the suspect is 59 years old. He is accused of holding a 15-year-old girl for four days and sexually assaulting her, now, like you mentioned, charged with kidnapping. So this, the name of this gentleman is Christopher McFarland. According to court documents, this week filed in Cook County, the defendant picked up the victim in his car, drove her to his house, and sexually assaulted her for a period over four days. McFarland worked for CPS for 20 years, according to... Worked for the CPS for 20 years? That's shocking, huh? Come on, man. I got a family. What are you doing? I got a family, too, and I'll drive. 
What are you doing? Please stop. I have the coordinates. I have four kids. What are you doing? Less than 20 minutes into the ride, police say crew pulled out a gun and pressed it to the back of Spakuza's head as she pleaded with him. Her kids were her world. Her family was her world. She was literally the person you want your daughter to grow up to be. Authentic, sweet, and kind. That's how Stephanie Contreras describes her high school friend from Gateway, Christy Spakuza, who police say was shot to death while she was driving for Uber. Spakuza... That's why if you're an Uber driver, be careful where you go and if you pick up a Democrat or not, 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So the Fourth Reich, the oligarchs, those who have deemed themselves gods among men as they try to put forward one world government. In Davos, jawohl, Herr Kommandante. In a fragmented world, to come together to reflect about the future. Shut your Nazi ass up. Shut your Nazi mouth. You see, whoever is going to be the so-called duly elected president will be somebody who rejects this kind of nonsense. But instead, what do we have when it comes to this most corrupt, illegitimate administration this country's ever seen? You've got a lot of capitulation, right, Jake Sullivan? When it comes to world politics, people around this planet are much more interested in whether or not their lives are improving than in anyone's imperial ambition or imperial project. In other words, let me let me break that down, because I speak Democrat scum mafia language. The rest of them are too stupid, worried about their own little mediocrity than to pay attention to what we're doing. And after all, no one will put together that I'm the same scallywag that worked at the CIA and resigned when Trump took office because I didn't like the idea the the scam might be exposed. So as long as we continue to be focused on offering a global value proposition that delivers for people, that is... I can't help but notice you're not mentioning any of the wars. None of the chaos. None of the calamity, let alone the, what, 400,000 Ukrainians that have been killed outside of the Civil War when they only killed 30,000 of their own people. The Ihor Kolomoisky oligarch war. You haven't said much except your continued support for it, right? As you had the comedian and the asset of Ihor Kolomoisky posing as the president of Ukraine, even though he suspended elections. And I wonder during this time, did any of you ask Zelensky... Whatever happened to uh, Gonzalo Lira, you know, the American that was killed? Did you ask him that? I, I, I don't think you did. Thanks so much. Well, I'm not sure who's hosting. So, so, so good to see you, uh, all of our colleagues. And uh, I just want to start by conveying um, President Biden's strong, enduring support uh, for Ukraine. Strong, enduring sport. Hey, Anthony Blinken, you shark-eyed, rat bastard, unqualified fraud. You're going to ask about the American that was tortured to death by the government of Ukraine, the Azovs and Zelensky's own government, the fascist pig that he is? Uh, this at a time when you continue to face an almost daily onslaught uh, from Russia, uh, attacking uh, infrastructure, attacking uh, civilians, uh, and uh, we see that every day, but we also see the incredible courage and resilience. 
courage and resist. His name is Gonzalo Lira. You going to mention it? You going to ask about the prison, how how he died in prison? You going to you going to bring it up? We're determined to sustain our support of Ukraine, and we're working very closely with Congress in order to uh, to do that. So that's a no. And Congress is going to continue to write the blank checks, because after all, it's a phony election year. And they're going to raise a lot of money from desperate Americans who think this is still a republic rather than realize what it is. This is the subjugation of the principles of our nation. That's what it is. And it's done by the very people we entrusted to not only represent our government, but to work in it, the bureaucrats. My favorite is the Central Intelligence Agency. Serious about shared economic growth, tackling climate change, managing new technologies, and promoting good governance. Yeah, but you're just the CIA slapper. That's what you are. You're Jake Sullivan, the slapper for the CIA. Where's your expertise in anything? And what are you doing with that madman hairdo? Can you go to a barber who got his license in the last 50 years? Our model will remain much more attractive globally than that of aggression or coercion or intimidation or confrontation. We're in the middle of a war, and we've had an oil tanker seize last week that just went, just went to Iran. No mention of it. And then yesterday, a container ship hit by the Houthis, minus the blowfish. Kamala Harris. There have now been more than 30 attacks on commercial ships since mid-November. Edward Lawrence is with us. What's the White House saying about these latest attacks? The White House doesn't know. The Crypt Keeper was on, uh, on the Reverend Al Sharpton, the, the Church of Perpetual Tax Evasion yesterday, and he pretended to know MLK, even though he doesn't know what day it is. Yeah, the White House reacting faster uh, with this one. Now we have two Navy SEAL teams that went in and seized uh, a military shipment headed for the Houthis. The U.S. is confirming that these shipments were going to the Houthis. They got a cache of weapons in this, including ballistic missiles. They have anti-ship cruise missiles, warheads, and propulsion. Boy, that sounds a lot like the 40,000 pieces of, 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 of equipment we sent to the Azov-infected Ukrainians that disappeared. Did you cross-reference the numbers? Something tells me you don't want the answer to that, huh, scumbags? Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you tonight? Splendid. Sean, I wanted to comment on that interview you had with uh, Tim Hale yesterday. Yes. Um, it should have opened a lot of, uh, a lot of eyes on uh, just what happened on uh, January 6th, and it should tell all of the people uh, just what these uh, Democrat frauds are doing to hold on to power, even if it means taking away our rights. That wasn't for them. That was for us, because they know what they are. They know, and they're willing, useful slaves to the gangster government. That's why they pretend to support the worker party. And none of them mentioned the thousands of workers that are fired, not just during the negotiations, but after the labor extortion mafias get their phony contracts. They don't mention a word. This action will help improve the efficiency, productivity, and market competitiveness of our facilities. Yeah, as- yeah, yeah. You think they care about Republicans sitting in the cooler? In case you haven't figured it out yet, and I don't know, honestly, Rich, how you can't. I honestly don't know how you can't figure it out yet. The Democrat mafia members, their apparatchiks posing as media, they can't stand you, man. Do you understand that? They think you're an evil moron morphodite, and you don't deserve to live. Have you not heard any of them? Of people turning out to caucus in Iowa, a third of them 
think that if Donald Trump is convicted, he is not fit to be president. In this incredibly conservative electorate where Trump is going to run away with the Iowa caucuses Mm -hmm. by a mile and then some, still a third of that electorate says if he's convicted, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. they're going to nominate him nationwide? When even a third of Iowa caucus goers say, no, he can't be president if he's convicted. I'm sorry, but he's going to be convicted. For Donald Trump. And if you look at the entrance polls yesterday, these Republicans say they don't care that he's in court. The fact he's in court today uh, facing a woman that a judge says he raped. Donald Trump is there because that's the best political fuel he can get. If that's true, Joe, then why didn't the people support you when they found the dead girl in your office? You know, you were a Republican who had a dead girl in her office. So if Republicans don't mind crime and scandal and it's great for their campaign, why didn't you win? Scumbag, lowlife, establishment favorite, though. You were the Nikki Haley of your time. And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She hasn't even yeah. She's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and he's going to—he's still going to carry out, right? Yes. Always. I—I t- you know, I talked to De- DeSantis called me, petrified that I would. He's probably getting out after Iowa. Well, he's not going to get out after Iowa. I never saw anybody so excited about losing. We love you too. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at us. They spent almost 50 million dollars attacking us no one's faced that much all the way just through iowa they the media was against us they were writing our obituary months ago (laughs) he didn't get 20 percent. i love the way you lose ron brilliant as for the democrats they loathe anybody who isn't down with the marxist mafia struggle it's depressing it's a grim day for people like you and me and i think it's uh uh it should be a wake-up call for Republicans who don't want Trump, for uh, center-leaning independents and right-leaning independents, and frankly, for Democrats who have been fretting and wringing their hands and clutching their pearls for the last year, the the last thing in between Donald Trump and the presidency, the name is Joe Biden. And so I think it's... So everybody get in line like the never-Trumper scum did in 2020. And all the Democrat welfare wannabe roaches, be they in Wall Street or Main Street. Everybody get in line and support somebody you know is a bribed asset of beneficiaries of our policy, be they Ukraine or China. Just step in line, useful slave. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. None of that matters when you believe that God has given you this country, that it is yours, and that everyone who is not a white conservative Christian is a is a fraudulent American. Trump is the farthest thing from an evangelical Christian. In fact, he's the farthest thing from a Christian in terms of his own professed values, how he treats women, how he uh, treats other people, his willingness to say whatever he wants, whether it's true. I think the, the worst thing about this experience is being lectured to by scum, by Democrat scum, whose main platform is to kill babies, aside from just the obvious kind of low-life scum they support. You remember the scum they were all behind? All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers 
of illegal aliens entering our country. Boy, back then they believed every word he said. A known rapist, back when he was the governor of Arkansas. A known scallywag, scoundrel. How many times was he at Epstein Island? How many times were all of them? How many times were all of them willing participants in the atrocities of either the platform of baby murder they call abortion, or the idea of what we're seeing happen in the great cities, whether it's letting the criminals loose, whether it's turning a blind eye to child sickos, molesters, and pedophiles, be they CPS janitors and whatnot. Prosecutors, and we found reports of him working at Finger High School on the South Side. Now, those court documents also point out that due to the suspect's history, he has, quote, access to children. The court document says several complaints have been filed against him. How many other complaints at CPS between these idiots that are, they want you to believe are teachers, these morons, and, 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 and sexual allegations between kids? And the Democrats, CPS. Yeah, okay. Your willful useful slaves and that's why no matter what they say it means nothing he will never be president of the united states he had a really good chance to be different and really have a chance to change things but he he doesn't do the work he's lazy even if donald trump did win all of the toss-up states he would still lose we talk about him every day and we continuously bash him be the president don't worry about it Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. And uh, we better be ready for the fact that he might be leading the Republican ticket next. (laughs) I know you don't believe that. Donald Trump will not become president. At least I will go down as a president. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. See, but that's before they perfected the steel. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I think we can pull this. Yeah, I think you could pull it off, too, because you did it, which is why I'm not going to get too excited. That and the fact the people you have running are your favorites. They're the people that you know the scam of corporatism. The industrial complex of government itself will continue to go forward. That's who really lost last night. And that's the one thing to take celebration in. That and the fact Pritzker finally got out of Illinois to embarrass himself on a national stage. You said that voters will decide the election. Does the campaign feel undemocratic for a presidential candidate to be set off the ballot? I don't know. I've, yeah, <laughs> the Supreme Court's going to decide that. Uh, that's not something that's not a, a, a Democratic Party position. Uh, it's just that in various states, people, individuals, uh, have taken this uh, issue up, and and we're going to hear from the Supreme Court shortly. I'm sure. I wonder if any of the individuals who are working to get Trump kicked off the ballots in Illinois have uh, have have money traced back to the Pritzker. Crime syndicate. Oh, am I supposed to not say that? Well, I'll just pretend I was one of Penny Pritzker's victims of a, of, a, of a fraudulent loan that she gave to unsuspecting people as she ran. What was it called? Superior Bank. Turned out to be inferior, just like all of you Pritzkers, except for the one that's your brother in California who looks a lot like the security guard rather than a Flintstone. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. 
And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. As I'm reading over my next guest's credentials and resume, it actually makes me feel bad for my staff at AM560, The Answer. See, my staff has the benefit of youth, but they do not have the experience of what myself and my guests have, and that is the American the love of the Americanism and American principles of the 80s. They don't understand that since my next guest, who has been teaching at the Naval Academy since 1987, they don't understand the climate of the country and the idea that this country and the people who served in the military loved it. They just have this new Marxist revolution that we're all combating. Well, my next guest is combating it extremely well from a position that he has held since 1987 as a U.S. Navy instructor. He's also the author of a new book, Saving Our Service Academies, his battle with and for the Navy Academy as he fights off the government supremacy through this subversion of principles called DEI. He is Bruce Fleming. Thank you very much for joining me. Certainly my pleasure to be here, Sean. Well, I have to tell you, I mean it. It's it's something to see as I, although I look fantastic, I'm in my 50s, but it's something to see <laughs> as our culture completely changes into something I didn't think any American of any income level from anywhere in the country would, would devolve to, and that is a willful slave to a system rather than the principle. It's shocking to me, and I'm wondering how you're pushing back, and do we have hope as you're dealing with the youth of the country? Yeah, wow, wow. That's a, that's a whole lot to swallow at one point. Let me go back to something you said before. The paradox of the Naval Academy is, of course, is, is that it is the government. I'm a federal employee. I'm paid by your tax dollars. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a great 36 years. Uh, but the, 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 the paradox is that at this government-run institution, uh, since 1987, you're kind of uh, evoking an earlier era, and, of course, I've seen it as well, uh, we've been walloped with a number of, of uh, waves of um, what are basically a, a left-wing imposition on an extremely right-wing uh, institution. So uh, a lot of things have changed uh, since 1987. They began changing a little bit earlier. A lot of people think, uh, when they think of the service academies, and, and my book is it's because I teach in Annapolis, that's what I'm focused on, but uh, what I have to say is much more general uh, to the to the service academies of West Point, Air Force, uh, and Coast Guard, and it's also more general to the entire military, and even more general than that to our our culture at large. But anyway, women came to the Naval Academy in 1976. A lot of people, when they think of the service academies, they kind of have a post World War II vision of yes. you know steely jawed guys marching to class and you know looking looking great and so on that began to change with women women are great i have a mother i have a daughter i have a wife um, and maybe it was the right decision to send them to the service academies but they have darn tootin changed the places so that was first change number one uh, you got to understand incidentally that 
no, nothing, starting with hand-holding, no sex of any sort, no PDA, public display of, of affection, is permitted on any of these installations. So now we have something like 40% girls. Um, fast forward a little bit, we, uh, we have out gays. That was, went back and forth for a while. We have uh, some transsexuals, not a lot, um, but uh, that, that's one thing that's changed. So women arriving in 1976 was one huge change. Um, then wh- when I came in in 1987, they were still throwing out uh, gay guys. Um, that changed. And then I was on the admissions board in the 19, uh, in, in the 2005, 2005, 2006, in the 2000 aughts, we call them. Um, and I discovered that we were practicing what I took to be an illegal form of racial profiling for what we call affirmative action. We're letting in non-white students to much lower levels. Uh, people out there think it's the best and the brightest. It's extremely competitive to get in. All that's made up. So I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, that uh, practically anything you're going to hear from about the service academies is not going to be the truth. Um, and that's what I've been writing about for uh, more than 30 years now. And that's why uh, they've been punishing me. Uh, they started punishing me uh, it, after I was on the admissions board and started writing about what, what I took to be illegal affirmative action. By punishment, I mean official letters of reprimand. I mean with with withholding of pay raises, uh, investigations. You've heard all this before, right? Investigations sure. that are cooked, uh, cooked up to, to basically give you give you problems. And they fired me in 2018. I'm, I'm a civilian professor, uh, supposed to be tenured, not supposed to be fireable. Uh, incidentally, a lot of people also don't know that most professors at Annapolis, in contrast to West Point, are civilians. Uh, I graduated from Haverford College outside of Philadelphia. My first graduate school actually was in your lovely Windy City at the University of Chicago. Sure. Uh, so, so I know just how cold you all are right now. Yes. Uh, finished up at Vanderbilt, got a Ph.D. from Vanderbilt. So I'm a civilian, but I'm a civilian employee of the Department of Defense. So they punished me. They fired me. Uh, I took it to our internal federal court. I was reinstated retroactively. So I'm still a professor there. Um that was round one. Round two was the sexual assault stuff that uh, came through during, I don't know if you all remember that, but during the Obama administration, they used Title IX, which most people think is a way to have girls sports yes, as a way to, uh, you know, if a guy had what he thought was a consensual sexual uh, encounter with a woman and she thought the next day maybe she wasn't all that thrilled with it, she was encouraged to accuse him of sexual assault. So, the uh, Congress, of course, which is our paymaster. Y'all are our paymasters. I mean, you, you, the. This Not is us. All, this From is, Illinois, yeah. we really don't have representation of people who listen to this show. This is a Democrat mafia <laughs> state. But go ahead. Well, well, taxpayers of the United States of America, and let me interject here these service academies are darn tootin' expensive. You have no idea. Cost about half a million dollars per kid. Uh, oh. The service academies taken together take uh cost about 2.4 billion dollars that's less than a than an aircraft carrier but the aircraft carrier is going to stay around for a little bit longer uh that's four times what an rotc officer costs and eight times what an officer coming through ocs costs so um plus let me say as an add-on that they produce they 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 produce fewer than one in five new officers again that's a contrast with with post-world war ii which is what everybody has in their mind so they're not, they're, they're, it, you know, they're, 
their government programs, you know, the joke is that you can't kill a government program because it, you know, they, they, they're like failing vampires. is the goal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a government program that deserves to be re- refurbished at, at at best and maybe maybe rethought. So anyway, to go back to these three waves, the second wave was the sexual assault wave. And I was talking about it in class and two women, two female uh, midshipmen, they're all called midshipmen, even if they're girls, um, complained about me to the sexual assault advisor, tried to get me hauled up on a charge of, you know, sexual harassment because I was, I was questioned. That was round two. Round three is this DEI stuff. So it's, it, like I say, it's, it, they're really paradoxical. You think of them, you know, as if it were 1955, but it's not that anymore. They're controlled by Congress to the extent that Congress can control them. Um, and it's the military brass that, that they want to, you know, they, they want to, the, the superintendent is always a three-star admiral. We just got a new one, happens to be the first woman. But it's always a retirement position. They go from that to retirement. So all yes. they want is to keep the boat upright. They don't want to change anything. So well, uh, they're, they're problematic places. Well, Professor, you have the advantage when you talk to a Chicago audience. We are the American capital of what I call the Marxist mafia. It is a Sololinsky form of infiltration and then manipulation and (laughs) ultimately subversion. So we're all very well aware of exactly the plot. The problem is their plan has come to fruition. It's worked exactly as they wanted it to do. And that's really who Barack Obama represented, the culmination of that plan of subversion from inside versus, uh, you know, the destruction any enemy from outside could do. We've done it to ourselves. And the only hope is that the, the kids, the young kids, will, ironically, we will benefit from the fact that they're entitled and ignorant, and they will refuse to be willing slaves. That's what I'm kind of banking on, because we've, we've gone through this period where people would rather sell out their own judgment and their own quality of life of individuality to be part of the collective. And I'm hoping there's a pushback when it becomes so obvious and so abusive as to destroy these great institutions. I'm willing, I'm hoping you give me some optimism. Well, I don't, I, I don't think that the, that the midshipmen can change them from within. I mean, I'm a professor, I can write, and they tried to shut me down. So, and I'm, mm. and you know, it's only because I refuse to be shut down that I'm still here talking and I can write this book. But the students are, are th- this is the problem with the military. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look for the, the shred of hope in just one second, but let me be, uh, let me be negative for just, just a, a couple minutes, a couple seconds more. All right. The, the, the midshipmen cannot turn the place around. They come in, they're full of vim, vim and vigor. They, you know, the, all, they read what they read. They look at the recruiting videos. They think it's going to be due to, duty on our country. And they get in and they're almost invariably deflated and demoralized. I call it the October surprise because by mm. about October of their freshman year, they realize what it is. And, you know, the pressure to stay there is huge because it's, Free education, thanks to taxpayers. It's guaranteed employment. You're, the parents are just, you know, over the moon. Oh, my kid got into Annapolis or my kid got into West Point. They have no clue. So the pressure is intense for the students to set, stay, which means they just have to suck it up. They can't yeah. even roll their eyes. So they're not going to be the ones to change it. And look what happens. You know, I'm doing what I can do, but I'm one guy. And like I say, they fired me and I had to be had to be re- reinstated. So 
I, you know, I, I think that that more and in more informed citizenship that knows exactly what's going on at these places might be your shred of hope that, that uh, I'd like to offer that. Uh, what I'd like to see is a more functional Congress that could get its fingers in there, for example, sit there during the admissions uh, cycle, because that's all a lot of made up BS as well. They go on yes. about how selective they are, but that, that's all trumped up. So I, wa- I want outside eyes. I don't know whether there's the, you know, I, I wish I could hand you, you know, the, the golden ticket here and say, this is how we're going to fix it. I do have a suggestion. I think that we need to do with the service academies what the British have done with Sandhurst, which is to get out of the undergraduate education uh, business completely. I mean, it's four years of a boarding school that they're pretending is, you know, hardened warriors. There's nothing that all they do is put on parades and go to classes. So what we can use the building, um, you know, Air Force can use West Point can use their buildings as a my suggestion is a kind of an eight month uh, kind of military. What we forgot to teach you when you were an undergraduate kind of thing. That's what Sandhurst does. They come in for eight to nine months. They take their courses, they leave and they cycle in and out. So we can use the buildings for something, but they're completely functionless now. Uh, I'm afraid that that's uh, that's my my bottom line. Professor Fleming, I'm going to tell you why I'm optimistic. Because having somebody in in the position of being a professor like you, who has been a victim of this, but you are communicating to the kids directly, you will inspire a handful of them. And we don't know what they'll become, but we have a chance that they will become in positions of power, and they will have been victims of the failure. And sometimes the victims of abuse and failure and government supremacy often make the the exact righteous warriors we need in a position. So I don't think we'll know for a while, but I'm confident after our conversation that you have affected people. I haven't read the book, uh, Saving Our Service Academies, but I will. Where's the best place for myself and our listeners to go get the book? Because we need to do this. You see, I've seen how it works. It ultimately fails, but it creates a lot of animosity among the honest, decent victims. And that's where I'm always optimistic. And then, you know, they could always leave. I mean, I guess we could uh, build the wall between Florida and Georgia and uh, set up for secession part two. So we're going to need some military guys to help us do it. So I'm looking forward to your students in the future. But where can we go to purchase your book? Well, I, let me say as an add-on to that, yes, I love my students, and I've taught between three and 4,000 of them, and I'm still in touch with a lot of the old guys. Uh, class of 1990 is particularly uh, one of my favorites, for example. But, uh, yeah, and there are more recent ones as well. It's published by Post Hill Press, uh, but it's distributed by Random House. So the answer is it ought to be in any bookstore you go into. Um, and if you're uh, doing it online, it's going to be on any Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's it's widely available. It's uh, buy it, be good for me, and uh, you know I want to hope that it might be good for you all as well. Professor Fleming, before I let you go, because I won't have an opportunity to talk to you for a while, I want to know: was it Officer and Gentleman, Officer and a Gentleman, or Top Gun uh, that inspired you to go into the, into the Navy or the Academy uh, teaching the Navy? Which one was it? <laughs> well, those things are all pretty powerful, and they're certainly the both of those are favorites of my students. So yes. uh, yeah. I, I have to say, you know, that whole ethos. But boy, if yeah. I thought that's what it was going to be when I got there, <laughs> would, would I have been disappointed? 
Yes, me anyway. too. And I had no idea that the, the teacher in the uh, Top Gun would age the way she did. I, I had big hopes for her. But reality sometimes slaps you in the face. Thank you very much, Professor Fleming, for yes, putting sir. up the fight to save our nation. Okay, appreciate it. Take care now. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I wasn't going to do it to him, Squirrel. I laid off the Rachel Levine thing. Admiral, my ass! That's a man, baby. Admiral. Another part of the Democrat mafia. It's a joke. They canceled the debate in New Hampshire. Uh, Nikki Haley said she didn't want to do it. Why would I do it? After all, uh, Ron DeSantis is very happy being second. They even called the election before people even got a chance to vote. I never heard a guy that happy about losing. I wonder if he bet on Trump. You know, you could have bet on him in Vegas, I think. I know in Europe, definitely. In the meantime, the greatest part about it was watching the absolute meltdown. We're not. I mean, these are hardly what most Christians would call Christian values. So in, in, in many ways, the danger. What's your stance on killing the baby in the womb? You all right with that? Are you a Christian? What are you? Oh, you're a Democrat. So the rules are there are no rules. And your job is to weaken our nation at every turn. And I couldn't help but notice, as uh, we were talking to the professor, how he was talking about the onslaught of allegations to disrupt his career and to offset it, it specifically made me think of this lying whore accusing Trump of rape. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. But I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault it is not i think most people think of rape as being sexy Mm. let's take a short break think of the fantasies Mm. we're just going to take a quick break if you can stick around we'll talk more on the other side you're fascinating to talk to (laughs) you should be in a rubber room honey scratching your back in one of those jackets that ties in the back she said that i did something to her that never took place there was no anything. I know nothing about this nut job. She's accusing me of rape. A woman. They'll do anything, these Democrats. After all, they just want something for nothing. I wonder, did anybody do a forensic audit of E. Jean Carroll's wealth before the accusation and after? That'd be interesting. Of course, we could pull the FBI off of Hunter's assets, couldn't we? Forever bothering Italians. Federal Bureau of Incompetence, a quarter mile away from Mike Madigan's headquarters. Had no idea. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. You know, I can't remember when it was, but somebody said that I pretend to be from Chicago. I can't remember what it is. First of all, I, I am never, I'm from Melrose Park. I would never uh, have tolerated being a willful pigeon and slave in Chicago. I just used to go there to work at the Mercantile Exchange, make money. And uh, I, I liked picking up their women because I had no competition. Most of the guys from Chicago looked like thumbs that were dirty. So it was easy pickings for me. Um, but when I see the kind of stories that has become normalized in the once great city where I used to work since 1987, 86, really. Uh, no, 87. 
1987 to 2005. Never astonishes me. But you, Honey Bunny, you've uh, toiled in uh, Chicago from time to time. And what is it for a city sticker? What's the fee for a city sticker? Do you know? Do you remember? $200 for a sticker that says, yes, you are a pigeon and your property is in Chicago. And then you have to pay for a zone. You have to pay extra. Is that what it goes? You have to pay extra for your neighborhood. Well, it turns out a city clerk uh, employee was caught skimming $200,000 when people would go in and pay cash. This scallywag, perfect example of a Democrat, would pocket a portion of the money. And that reminds me of uh, the mayor of Dalton. You see, she's another perfect example of a Democrat political whore, thief. And she's embroiled in a new scandal that I think is kind of funny because I remember when George Costanza and Seinfeld created his own human fund. WJ Investigates has learned a suburban politician's charity has attracted the attention of the Illinois Attorney General after failing to file financial documents. We've reported on Tiffany Henyard before. She holds two elected positions, Dalton Mayor and Thornton Township Supervisor. She also prides herself on raising money for cancer patients. But as investigative reporter Ben Bradley reports, she's now facing penalties for not reporting how she spent the money. <laughs> Tiffany Henyard collects... Squirrel, what was her bill at Juicy Crab? 3300 at the Juicy Crab? And Bubba Gump? 2900 So I'm sure she spent it on fine cuisine. $287,000 back in 2022 from her two elected positions. That's the same year she founded a charity in her name, a charity that has received considerable tax dollars but hasn't filed basic records with the Illinois Attorney General or the IRS that would show how cancer patients have actually benefited. I want people to know that I'm caring. Tiffany Henyard told me in November <laughs> she cares. Apparently so much so, it's also the name of her charity. Check it out. Gotta have the, the Tiffany Henyard Cares Foundation posts videos Woo! highlighting walks and other events it's a that prominently K. feature the politician proudly promoting her cancer charity. I just want people to know that, hey, Tiffany Henyard Cares Foundation is here. We will help anybody in need. She certainly may help some, but Henyard's charity has failed to file required financial statements. Showing is there one person who received a dollar that didn't uh, provide a service or some of that clothing that she makes look cheap? Starts out expensive. In the meantime, is that more or less offensive than the, this? Well, since COVID, Chicago public schools raked almost $3 billion in, in federal funding. Three years ago, the teachers union refused to go back to work, even though they got a hundred million bucks to reopen the schools. And at the time, I predicted that the money would be pocketed. Watch. Not surprisingly, the numbers don't add up. Come on, There's Jesse. millions of dollars missing. I honestly think they're stealing. And I don't know how many times I have to say this. Oh, I should have said it more because you guessed it. Twenty three million bucks just went missing. Seventy seven thousand laptops, iPads and printers have disappeared. They found a couple, but where'd the rest go? Well, the city spent two and a half million bucks on tracking software, but it can't track them down. Also, one assistant principal was arrested for stealing a quarter million dollars, and a school clerk was arrested for embezzling 150 grand. Laughing stock. That's what every one of these Democrat sewers are. But yet they come on TV in their 400 pounds at five foot three, a trust fund baby couldn't do a push up. If you said you double his net worth, it's the Republicans who haven't been willing to come to the table for decades. When Why don't you push yourself back from the table, fatty? Just once. Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Sean, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Great program as usual. Hitting all kinds of topics here. They're good. Now, here's what I was uh, wanting to say about this uh, uh, 
contest the other night when uh, Trump got to 51% and it's well-deserved and everything and shouldn't be a surprise, but all the uh, fascists and Democrats are like, oh, yeah, he's done, he's washed up beforehand. You know, he ain't going nowhere. Now, here's the problem, though. You got Nikki Haley and DeSantis. They can't figure out it's over. Leave it. Um, everybody, we all want Trump to take and take the reins and, uh, and that probably, like, you're right, um, it's all going to be stolen anyways, but what the heck is Nikki Haley and DeSantis still screwing around with this thing for, and, you know, like, and, and uh, just get muddling things up? Because and, there's, a, there's, a, there's a great chance that Donald Trump is put in prison the way so many people who protested the election theft, theft that he was a victim of. There's a very big chance that this guy goes to prison. And if you think it can't happen, then there's a certain naivete. You're probably one of those same guys in Mount Greenwood who thought, ah, this creep of corruption that we pretend is normal, it'll never destroy the financial sector in Chicago. Never. People will never sit by as this cost of corruption destroys their home values, as the taxes are now disconnected from the value and only the people that bribe aldermen who are lawyers too and have their taxes lowered will somehow have their taxes magically galored while the rest of them pay the cost. It'll never happen. The kind of obvious destruction that's destroyed countries, be it Cuba, Russia, anywhere this government corrupt supremacy pretends it's going to make life better. It'll never happen. Well, here you are. So if you think there's not a high probability that one of these Democrat sewer areas will not only try to bankrupt Donald Trump, as they're trying now, but we'll put him in prison. I think you're missing the picture. You see, they promised to do it. Now they just have to get enough people to sit idly by while they do. Let's call them Democrats. That's how twisted things are in the personality cult. And he's going into these courtrooms because of the grand spectacle, because it helps him, because 65% of Republicans in Iowa say if he's convicted, they still want him to be his president. And there's 20% and another poll in the, uh, the Des Moines Register NBC poll, the 20% said the fact that he's indicted and a judge says that he raped a woman, that makes them more likely to vote for him. Doesn't matter. That's how they can justifiably rob us again. Here is that the evangelical Christians have abandoned any pretense of being ethical. Donald Trump will win the Iowa caucuses. The projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not but they're the same organizations that filter, not just the crook, the traitor and thief, but somebody who's clearly unqualified to do anything. Couldn't get a job in this country as a janitor or a store clerk, yet they run cover for him. That's right. Anyway, but uh, he's the one that got me going. As you know, most people don't know, my state was a slave state. My state was segregated by law when I got elected. My state of Delaware. And I wonder how many people know he not only eulogized the only existing Klan member uh, after 2000 by the name of Robert Byrd, but he hung around with him. And yet the step and fetch Democrats, 
They'll pull that liver for any crook that guarantees to double their phony income. 312-642-5600. I'm keeping my commitment to you. That's Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Squirrel, the rubber band man, I love this song. Oh, what a song. What a song. Matt Mount Greenwood remembers that song. Oh, yeah. Get jiggy with it right now, Sean. Very good. I just want to. I just want to follow up on my neighbor Craig's comments regarding uh, these people not getting it with Trump and everything else. Uh, I will tell you that everything you know, while politics is all local, and our and our illustrious alderman who will rename nameless, uh, he decided to vote. He decided not to show up for the vote when it came to the uh, the cessation of the Chicago as the as the uh, uh, sanctuary city. It was not there. And uh, it just tells me a lot about it. It just confirms once again what a, what a waste he is. It's a shame. He also sits on a, he's a chair of the board for the Department of Aviation, which is another paid pension position. And he was put there by, by uh, Lori Lightfoot, who he talked bad about, but at the end of the day, he sucked time tips to her, which is disgusting. Matt, you have a certain clarity because of the open and notorious short-in-the-pants mafia that has been ruling over the great city and, and is responsible for the destruction of it. So it's almost a benefit that at least they're comfortable saying, we're not really interested in what you think. We don't care what you think. We are the overlords and you are the slaves. There is a certain clarity when you're dealing with these longtime mafia dons calling themselves aldermen, when the fact of the matter is they're not interested in representing the people. They're interested in cutting them in on scam so they can secure their position of power. That's all it is. I mean, everybody knew what yeah, these guys were. Everybody knows what they are. It's a joke. Oh, yeah. It's a joke. And it's sad because you're seeing all these small businesses in the neighborhood in Beverly and Mount Greenwood closing their doors because they can't afford the regulation and these scumbag inspectors coming there with their hands out wanting something for nothing, whether it be shoes or meat from the butcher or free food, whatever it is, nothing happens. And the guy just finally says, screw this, I'm closing my doors. That's why I played that clip yesterday of that scumbag, who, by the way, was a Republican. That scumbag who wanted to do the same thing to his constituents, and finally they took him to court, and down here they got a $63 million judgment. That's why, how much money do you think, Ed Burke, Mike Madigan, how much money do you think these scallywags really have acquired over the decades of political mafia? It's, it's, It's in the, not just tens of millions, in my opinion. And you could always... Judge, the way I like to guesstimate is look at their partners in their scam firms and look at their network. That's That's the way I do it. Thank you very much. Everybody knows it, but that's okay. You pretend you're in on it, right? I mean, after all, the people who got the uh, equipment that was stolen, the 77,000 laptops, they're okay. They'll sell out for short money versus the people who pay for the laptops. Their their, Their votes already, they can't go anywhere. They're hamstrung by being property owners. See, they've been hoisted by their own petard, which is really what it's like to be a Chicagoan. But I wonder how many atrocities and abuses and examples of the not just political thievery, 
but the ramification of allowing a mafia to pose as a government. How much more of it are you going to take? A 36-year-old man is facing attempted murder and other charges at a fatal beating and robbery aboard a CTA train. The alleged offender is Mijuan Johnson. The Sun-Times reports that the female victim died last Saturday. 61-year-old Vivian Morgan was discovered unresponsive on a red line train near the Roosevelt stop earlier this month. Court documents show that Johnson and another suspect attempted to steal her bag. She was rushed to a hospital. And I wonder if it was his first time, Squirrel. You think it was his first offense? You think 36 years and all of a sudden this lowlife scum thought, I think I'm going to rob somebody. Or, or, do you think he's another great example of Democrat prosecutors and a Democrat government releasing predators on helpless Hopeless victims, honest people, women, 61 years old, and this filthy example of a Democrat constituent stomped their head in. Medical condition for her injuries, she passed away over the weekend. An autopsy was inconclusive, though, and pending further study. Yeah, it's real inconclusive. I wonder if Kim Fox is going to ask for the stiffest penalty. See, this is why I wouldn't live in Chicago, but Melrose Park, because in Melrose Park, he never goes to jail. He goes to the forest preserve. And not in the Pete Silvestri kind of way. We'll be back. At- From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little There's an old saying most guys in uh, neighborhoods understand and live by lie to me once shame on you lie to me twice shame on me which is why i never understood why anybody would want to talk to this pickle-faced fraud a second time another question for you the nih continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies over the period of time from 2010 to 2016 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. We know that not because you told us, but because we forced you to tell us through the Freedom of Information Act. Over $193 million was given to these 18 employee, 1,800 employees. Can you tell me that you have not received a royalty from any entity that you ever oversaw the distribution of money in research grants? Um, well, first of all, let's talk about royalties. That's the question. No, that's the question. Have you ever... So that's a liar, and he doesn't want to be specific on exactly how he's enriched himself, but more importantly, how he's sold out the principle of medicine, of our health care system, how he's controlled and profited. He's pickle-faced Fauci, as he's known on this show, Dr. Fauci, to everybody else. My next guest is the kind of doctor that inspires hope. He wouldn't be knuckled under by that kind of corruption. He is Dr. Pierre Corey, author of The War on Ivermectin. He is also a pulmonary and critical care specialist, and he was a professor and chief at the Critical Care Service at the University of Wisconsin. Thank you for joining me, doctor. How are you? Hey, Sean. Good to be here. Thanks. You know, when I saw him back before Congress, you know, I, I kind of lost the idea that our Congress is going to do anything to these crooks except continue to enrich them and pay their pensions. 
But uh, at, at a certain level, you have to understand exactly how diabolical this system is, don't you? Diabolical. I, I can't think of a better word. I mean, you got Fauci. I mean, you know what? It's funny. Hearing you already, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go zero to 100 here. I mean, Fauci has exhibited every sign of a sociopath. I mean, this man has been at the top of the biomedical industrial complex for 40 years. You do not stay there. You do not have that power unless you are literally working in the service of big pharma. And he does that expertly. And he is willing to tell lies repeatedly on national television, in hearings. He's done it. And that's why I wrote that op-ed. I'm I, I just don't understand how we as a country can allow one man this much power, this much destructive power. And that's what the, the op that I wrote uh, last week really kind of detailed the, the consequences of every policy that he did. They were all wrong and they were all damaging. And you see the admission that they made up. The fascistic tyranny that I still can't believe so many of my fellow Americans accepted. But I don't know which one is the most ridiculous. The, the nonsense over the mask, which still, you know, to me is a badge of stupidity. I almost like when people wear it. But this mm-hmm. idea that he stole three years of the lives of people who will never get that time back. And there is no consequence. That's the hardest part for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, the consequence part, that's, that's, that one is really difficult. But, but you know what, Sean, you just mentioned. He stole three years. He stole three years from this country, right? So the life expectancy since COVID began went from 79 to 76. But who is dying in order for that to happen, right? If, if anyone remembers arithmetic, it's not the 80-year-olds who died. So from go to 79 to 76, it's young people that have died. People have been robbed of many decades of life. And yeah. it, it's, it's almost indescribable, incalculable how much how – much catastrophic damage he has done to families, to people, their hopes, their their lives, their dreams. I, I mean, all robbed, and, and I'm going to go even further, from a toxic and lethal medical intervention that was mandated across the country. People's livelihoods were at stake if they didn't take it. And now we are watching and measuring a carnage of death that is unprecedented outside of wartime. Now, Dr. C- Corey, um, what I see... When you see the the investigation into the ramifications of the vaccine, I only see it in Europe and I see it abroad. I see the settlements in Europe and I see it around the world, but not here in America. And if we can't get a, a, a recompense for what we know is quantifiable, how are we ever going to get it for what isn't? Because what you were talking about, you know, is how do you how do you calculate the cost of suicides? that took place, the personalities of kids that were forever changed. And if you have kids that went through this, you know exactly what I'm speaking of. But there's no real way to gauge it or to to recognize it. And the problem I have is that was the plan as far as I can see it. You took kids who would have changed the course of history because they would have been bombastic, they would have had the support of their peers, and you robbed them of that. So how do you really figure it out? But that's the thing that the damage is almost inestimable. I mean, it it, it it's it, it really boggles the mind. But you know, the, the the damage that we can see and we can measure. I mean, we have life insurance data, right, that shows us 
an explosion in excess mortality in the youngest and healthiest of society, right? So the, the group life insurance uh, health industry data shows that the employed, the white-collar workers in, in 2021, when the mandates proliferated, it exploded to an unprecedented level. And, and, and we see that. It's, it's damaging families and careers. And then what you're kind of mentioning is that, you know, I talked about just, just the lockdowns and the masks. Right. It, it, it's, it's led to an unprecedented reduction in reading scores of nine year olds. Math scores for the first time ever decreased in covid because of all of these policies. And, and what, what are the ramifications going forward? What kind of society are we going to look towards? And, and I mean, I could add so much stuff like the birth rates dropping across the world. That, that's more easily measurable in, in Europe, like you mentioned. But I mean, we're seeing just dramatic drops in birth rates. We're seeing all this excess mortality. It's dystopian. And what's fascinating is right now, as you and I are talking right now, the oligarchs in the, of the Fourth Reich are meeting at the World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. and they're guaranteeing there will be a future of doubling down on this fascism and this stupidity. And I'm wondering, I, 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 only, I don't hang around with anybody who would buy this. I just don't. I don't put them in my life. I don't do business with them. So the people I'm around are livid. And they definitely will only uh, even think about uh, supporting a candidate or people that want to push back against it. I have a sneaky suspicion that's the bulk of Americans. I really do. And I think that explains our political climate we're in right now. But do you think that the oligarchs understand the, the undercurrent of outrage of what we've been subjected to? You know, that's a great question because I think that they have um... – they have gone so far, they've exposed a lot. I think there's a huge and growing number of Americans who realize the lies and fraud that have been perpetrated. And I think, yes, they've been very successful, right? In the greatest uh, transfer of wealth of the last few years, you know, we're seeing huge population reductions, all of that. But we're also seeing a huge, massive amount of people who are waking up and realizing that they've been damaged and they've been hurt by the authorities and the institutions of our society. And, and I, I, I wonder what the future is going to hold because people are waking up and they're angry. I'm one of them. And, yeah. and, you know, I don't think they're, I, I think they miscalculated exactly what they were doing. And I think that the, the silver lining is how undeniably fake it was, how fraudulent it was. As you yeah. see this idiot go before Congress and admit I basically made up the six-foot rule. I pulled it out of my shoe, and I'm being kind. We knew mass didn't do anything. We still sold it. And to me, where that shows up is, for the first time in American history, 43% of registered voters, 43% of Democrats and Republicans, identify now as independents, and they will not be party-affiliated. That's where I think we see the most optimistic gleam for the future, isn't it? I agree. I totally agree. People understand that these political parties are a ruse, you know, to pit us against each other. And, and the real truth and right, y- you have to be independent and, and think for yourself because uh, both parties are controlled. All of our government is controlled by immense amounts of money and, and they're able, capable of doing really damaging things. And, you know, I, I don't want to speak too strong, but I, I mean, I, I see a revolution in making here. I mean, yeah. look, look at what's happening in Germany right now, right, that no one's reporting about, right? There's huge uprising in Germany. The protests there from the farmers, which is, you know, a different facet than COVID, but 
you know, people are fighting back against governments and this this radical control and how they affect our lives. Uh, we need to protect ourselves. We need to fight back. I mean, corporations run our governments and, and they do not care about our livelihoods. This kind of corruption is excellent to prove because it's undeniable. You're talking about a trillion dollars for COVID, one trillion dollars directly paid to this complex of incompetence, if I'm kind, absolute and total notorious corruption, if I can think and read. And ultimately, I think there's a major pushback. We're seeing a drastic decrease in people who were forced in some cases, but that accepted the bald-faced lies of Big Pharma and Dr. Fauci. I mean, they're not really successful in their multi-boosters and the fact that they can keep a lid on this failure, are they? No, and that's really important, right? When you look at this last booster and how hard they're pushing it, Americans aren't buying it, right? The uptake, I believe, is still under 10%. I mean, people know this thing is toxic and lethal. And when they have to wake up and watch media or see uh, public health agents continuously pushing boosters that don't work and are as the most toxic medical intervention in history, I mean, there, there's, there's an awakening going on. I mean, th- these lies don't work anymore. This propaganda and- doesn't work anymore. People know the truth. And in Chicago, you're inundated by these, these uh, not just people that, that allow the kind of fascism, but these enablers of, of, of Marxism, these reporters, as they're pushing this RNMA. And this is something that when it's said, my skin crawls, and I instantly reject it. Now, I do that because I've had the benefit of talking to people like you. I've had the benefit of talking to Dr. Robert Malone. But I, yep. I get the feeling more and more people are rejecting this, and I could just say it by the people I'm around in the kids I raise. They're just disgusted with the uh, entire idea of it. Now, luckily, they're, they're mine, so they have a little bit of me in them. But I think their friends are catching up on this, too. I don't think the youth of this country is accepting the lies anymore. And I'm wondering, do you see this directly in who you're dealing with? You know, it's very hard to answer that because, you know, I live in a bubble. I mean, in my world, I live with really awake people. I'm with a lot of medical dissidents. You know, the people who I get to talk to and lecture everybody's aware and they really appreciate my work and exposing all of this. And so I, I don't have a lot of contact with, uh, I don't know how you would call it normies or those non awake or those still buried in the system. But, you know, what I really think is interesting, right? So you've heard these reports of, you know, they're planning for disease X, right? The WHO yeah. and WEF. Yes. They're, they're worried about the next pandemic. Well, guess what? Their formula for these emergencies, these manufactured emergencies, is always going to be a vaccine. Good luck next time. Come up with a disease and try to sell us a vaccine. Not going to work. And then the more harm than good, as they've changed the information outlets and the definition of things as side effects. You know, I, I listen to a lot of history clips. And it's fascinating when you look into the, some of these history clips. Uh, I have one on my board that I'll play when we're done. And it's a, it's a, it's a World War II veteran was a stubborn guy he's like the first guy to shoot down a plane with a handgun and he gets diagnosed with cancer and instead of this is world war ii after world war ii instead of the current treatments of what we have to treat cancer he just said i'm gonna fight it and he just went on to live 20 years after giving a stage four diagnosis they gave him six months to live this is something when i was a kid you kind of heard of this guys that were given a diagnosis of cancer and they just said "Ah, i'm gonna be i'm gonna fight it and they live 10 years and they live 
Do we have any real evidence that the way in which our medical system is is chasing its tail or, or treating the American people or, or is working rather than not working? Do we have any other data outside of what we have come to accept as government uh, CDC approved COVID treatment? I mean, when you talk about the beauty of ivermectin and you wrote your book on ivermectin, do people realize what a miracle cure it is, what a, what, a, what a treatment it's been for decades and decades, and are they turning away from the government-approved opinion and diagnosis of treatments? 100%. I mean, the people that I interact with, my patients, people who reach out to me, they, they, they're, we're aware of not only the COVID frauds, but th- there has been multiple frauds over decades, right? I mean, the fact that statins are like the standard of care for almost everything, and those are not helpful drugs. Um, I think a lot of that is being aware, but you know, you brought up ivermectin. One of the things I'm working on right now with my organization, ivermectin's efficacy in treating cancer is in it's it's hugely potent. And we are seeing and we're starting to treat patients adjunctively along their whatever chemo and radiation. We're seeing incredible results. And so I think this, there's going to be a repurposed drug re- revolution that's going to come out of COVID because a lot of people have recognized that it was repurposed, off-patent, older drugs, which yes. has numerous properties, right? So ivermectin is an antiparasite, it's broad antiviral, and it's an anti-tumor. It, it literally is a miracle drug. Right. And, you know, I, I've been aware of this, and the way it's been attacked, it just goes to show you it's because they don't have a grip on it. They don't have a stronghold on it. They can't make trillions of dollars on it. And the next drug that I... You know, when I read about when we were kids, when I was a kid, I'm assuming we're about the same age, uh, mm-hmm. was DDT. And I remember being a kid when that was before Congress. And the guy who was the creator of DDT went on, on, on national television back then and ate it. And do you remember that? And then you see how, how DDT, it was uh, the silent spring and it was going to get rid of all of the birds. And you took away of World War II and how many soldiers it saved by getting rid of malaria and the way they used to de-louse soldiers. And I wonder, when we were kids, we rode our bicycles behind that thing that sprayed for mosquitoes. And now how do you quantify the damage that's been done when you look across the world and you see that the World Economic Forum would have never existed because it didn't need that. It had the answer way back when. And I'm hoping they don't successfully destroy the miracle drug ivermectin the way that DDT was was assaulted by government. Well, they're trying to. That's why I wrote the book. And uh, But that DDT, I mean, that was such a brazen example of the powers of propaganda, right? They know how to manipulate minds, get us to believe things that we supposedly need or is good for our health. And I don't think that's going to work as much anymore. I think people are much more skeptical now. They've seen the lives. They've seen the fraud. They've seen the destruction. Yeah. And can you imagine a world where propaganda doesn't work anymore, where people don't automatically believe everything that's blasted to them through the airwaves and the television, and they're yeah. skeptical and thoughtful? I, I think that's a very different world than we've been living in for a long time. Yes. I'm lucky enough to remember when it was benign, and it was just yeah. happy stealing a little bit. Now they've got trillions of dollars at stake. But that's what I love about you is that you take it on fearlessly. And uh, where can the people go, Dr. Pierre Corey, to keep an eye on you and help you and support you and and become informed all at the same time? I would say the first place for good, sound medical guidance that's free of any conflict of interest. We don't sell anything. All we do is want to educate, and and that's what powers us. But I would go to flccc.net. That's my nonprofit organization. And... And, you know, I also have a substack, which is uh, uh, Pierre Corey Medical Musings, 
And then uh, my practice, drpiercore.com, which I treat long COVID, long vax, vaccine injury, and uh, that that that's a whole other catastrophe. The amount of people that are disabled and sick from these vaccines is incalculable, and, and most of them cannot get any effective care. They go to these long COVID clinics where they get referred everywhere, they get all these tests and no treatments, and they suffer. I stumbled on you at the darkest time, and you were, you've were you been doing this since the very beginning of the fascism, American style, after COVID. So, I mean, I, I mean this from the, 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 the greatest place. I am so proud that you make time to come on my show. I love you for it, oh, and yeah. I love the fact you're putting up the fight. You are giving me hope, and you give millions and millions of Americans hope as you continue to move forward. Thank you so much, Dr. Corey. I appreciate you. Thanks, Sean. I really appreciate it, man. I'm a brawler. I'm from New York, man. And when they do this stuff, I'm going to hit back, hit back hard. As oh, much, as I'm so as mad. As as it wasn't like the old days where we could just drive to the tavern and kick their teeth in. In the meantime, <laughs> I love you for putting up the fight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The president is going to um, uh, continue to stand against conspiracy theories, right? Uh, and we know what um, what you just laid out to me about how people feel has been debunked, right? It has been debunked by uh, federal judges who are who are Republican judges. Uh, other other officials have debunked that. You know, we had a very free and fair election. Uh, that's what we know. That is the fact. Poppycock. You're not only an election stealer, you're a, you're a traitor. $24 million from oligarchs of not just the former Soviet Union, but the Chinese Communist Party flowed right into your checking account, you crooked whore. Who in the frack would sit idly by as their country sold out by this two-bit dimwit who is clearly suffering from dementia? Do you ever see him walk, squirrel? Why can't he move his face? Is it the Botox or the dementia? Glenn Oakbrook. Yeah, hi, Sean. Good evening. Uh, if you remember during the height of COVID that, and they were pushing the uh, vaccines, a lot of employees at the CDC did not take the vaccine, and that was never raised as an issue. In addition to that, they were trying to do the Great Barrington Declaration, both Fauci and Francis Collins. They didn't want any other medical opinions on what was going on. That so Francis Coll- never... Collins is a weird bird, too. Do you ever see that moron playing the yeah. ukulele? Yeah. yeah, and he's singing the uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Are you out of your mind, Glenn? What the hell is going That's why I don't go near Democrats. I won't go near them. In the meantime, I don't think any of them took it. They never took it. They never took it. I wish Trump would come out and address it. The greatest mistake of my presidency was warp speed. I allowed not only these scallywag whores to exhibit a fascism that never should have happened in this country, but they made a trillion dollars. If he did that, he would win, baby, win. Robert in Bloomingdale. Sean, I have a question for you. Now, who do you think the vice presidential candidate will be for President Trump as he's interviewing people? Do you think it's going to be Marjorie Taylor Greene, Tulsi Gabbard? Ben Carson, what do you think? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought for a while it would be Geber, but make no mistake of it, Robert. I don't entertain the idea that he's going to win or be permitted to be the president. He won in 2020, and here we are. So I'm not one of these guys. I don't want to play fantasy football, fantasy politics. He got cheated in 2020. Here we are, 
and the mafia and the World Economic Forum, they've never been in a better position. It doesn't matter what we say. And, and there's no evidence that will wake them up. It certainly isn't World War III. Nobody cares. And what's going on with the, the only fat guy in North Korea? North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has called for his country's constitution to be changed so that South Korea is seen as its primary foe and invariable principal enemy. Everything is collapsing. Everything. And the Democrats just want more cheese. And nobody gives cheese away like a crook, like Joe Biden and his administration. Rick, LaPorte, Indiana. Yeah, Sean. First yes. time caller. Thank you. Hey, uh, that lady, that mayor from uh, Dalton, that scallywag skank driving yes. that $149,000 Chevy Tahoe. Yeah, that's a you good know? one. Which scam is yeah. your favorite? The uh, the Tahoe, um, the the job where she makes 300000 for doing absolutely nothing, or uh, this new one where she pretends to have a foundation for cancer? Which one do you like? Uh, I like the scam. She went and she spent all that money going to Vegas. Yeah, first class. Yeah. No, yeah. She, I think that was anyway, Juicy Crab. Yeah, I can't keep it straight. <laughs> anyway, my, uh, my my complaint is I feel sorry for that Andrew Holmes because, you know, I mean, the guy, you know, he's been trying to help people. He's looking for murderers and stuff. You know, he's, he's a good activist, you know, and he's he's right on her side, you know. If I was him, if I knew somebody who knew him, I would have call him and say, hey, uh, stay as far away from her as you can because uh, the FBI is on her like a cheap suit. Well, I, I, listen, Rick, you might be right, but I'm a little more cynical than you because I don't think somebody like him could not know what's going on. Perhaps he is under the lure of her Louis Vuitton underpants. Phil in Tinley Park. Hey, Sean. I don't. Right. Wonderful. Hey, I, well, I am sorry. I'm not doing wonderful, and I'm processing some anger because uh, my job was they eliminated my position back in December. And I tell you, I'm trying to make this case to you tonight that this is, whatever this is, this system we live in, it's not capitalism. No, Phil. You know, no, and it, I, it hasn't been for decades, Phil. So tell me a little bit about your you position. Know, uh, uh, that's IT, uh, network operations, um, cellular, I've worked for cellular companies, um, uh, uh, companies that incorporate satellites to communicate to aircraft. And I tell you, I'm, I've, I've, I'm right now, I'm 59, and I feel like spilling the beans. I, I feel like I've been blackballed. Honest God, because it's, I, I've made it clear, don't bring these Chinese businessmen around me, because I'm, I might start interrogating them. And I'm going to do more for you than, than let you make your case, which you're 100% right on, that this isn't capitalist. Here's what I want to do for you. I'm going to put you on hold. I want to get your information. We're going to contact our people at Freedom Square. I'm going to contact Chuck Barham. I'm going to give him your information and see if we can get you employed rather than have this frustration boil you over. Do you mind if I get that information? Are you compliant with that? And there may be a shirt in it for you. Okay. You good? That sounds great. Hold on, Phil. Hold on, Phil. Let's get Phil's information, give it to Chuck Barham, and see. Obviously, he's a smart guy that we can get to work. Cream Puff Jim never had to worry about that because he had a taste for short in the pants ass. You're good at it. Do you still get chapstick? Do you still use the chapstick? Do you pucker up just out of habit? How do you do it? But would politics exist without patronage? Would it exist without patronage? I I argue that it would never exist without patronage. Well, let's let's do the egg and the chicken here. 
would patronage exist without politics, or is it the other way around? Because if you think about, and you're, you're a learned man, you like to read about the actual principles of our nation. First of all, were these rat bastards ever supposed to be paid? Of course, of course. You no, don't no, no, no they weren't. They were never supposed to be paid. Congressmen weren't, weren't supposed to be paid. That's why they didn't have a system where they paid them. That's why it was never supposed to be the industry it is today. I mean, I understand that it's a great industry. After all, these bust-outs never make more than two hundred and forty grand a year, yet they all live in $8 million houses. Gee, I don't know how it happened. But the idea that you pretend it was a system that was supposed to be corrupted is the flaw. It's your Democrat scum, along with some of the Republicans, that allowed this kind of corruption to exist, this Leviathan to be created. But it's sure it's never going to go away, and that, you have to think about how, it's, how far it's gone now. Oh, I now think the it is Democrats, go away. The, the, the Democrats appoint their judges, the Republicans appoint their judges. I guarantee if you're a Democrat in one of the red states, you couldn't even get a job collecting garbage. I mean, that's just the way it no, is. I don't, well, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. Clint Puff, here's, why, here's, how, here's how it ends. Here's how it ends. It ends with the people being aware of it and disconnecting from the system itself. And then ultimately, you've got another problem on your hands, and that's the failure of their policies. When you look at the climate of our world, we're in the midst of World War III, and the idiots that are supposed to be reporters, they don't report on it. These clips I get you of uh, the Fourth Reich meetings. is absolutely essential. These are propaganda clips from the World Economic Forum site. The average media doesn't want you to know. They want you to, to believe that Jim Carrey and climate change and all that. You notice how you don't hear about climate change right now. They also are the same media that don't want to let you know that our government has released 928 nuclear weapons in Nevada. They don't want you to know about it. And these are the same gods that are going to save us from climate change. They don't want you to know that over the last 18 months, our government has put together a nuclear warhead that is 60 times stronger than the one we dropped on Japan twice. They don't want you to know about that. They want you to think that everything is fine and Joe Biden is the president. In the meantime, what's really happening is the rise of insanity across the world. Not just the 7th century theocrats that are firing on our ships and kidnapping oil tankers. But across the world, it is absolute and total chaos. And in the meantime, they want you to think there's a viable policy that the Democrats have, that they haven't succeeded at for a 100 years. But now Joe Biden in his state of dementia has got a policy. The end game, if we don't correct the ship, is the Book of Eli. That's the saddest part of all. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. We've got more information about Dalton, but before we do, let's visit. Let's visit one of the greatest scam artists and the best example of a Democrat mayor in Illinois income and expenses. WGN Investigates obtained this letter from December in which the Illinois Attorney General threatened civil penalties are imposed against persons who do not register with this office as required. But there's no foundation in the state of Illinois moving like we moving, shaking, moving like we moving. Right, right. Henyard mixes her two taxpayer-funded jobs and charity work. 
That's Keith Freeman sitting next to her at a Dalton meeting where he's the village administrator. Freeman is also an advisor to Thornton Township. And he's the guy listed as the registered agent of Tiffany Henyard's foundation. Coincidence! All a coincidence. Not a cohort. Coincidence. Tom and Blue Island. Sean Dittos, buddy. Thank you, Dave. John, the gentleman mentioned uh, Andrew Holmes, the civil rights guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything. You know where he's also a trustee? Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, Tinley Park. No, sir. The village of Dalton, buddy. You oh. got a soft picture of him on the wall last week. Really? If you remember, I mentioned to you that it cost me 800 bucks for a permit for a roof. He's, a, he's a trustee in the village roof. of Dalton, my man. He's a trustee. Do we know... Does anybody have any information? What is the pay of a trustee in the village of Dalton where the median income is 27000 Anybody? Anybody? I'd like to know what that is. I think it's just about personal gain and trying to um, use it as more of a publicity type thing. Well, you're Chris Gonzalez is the last surviving critic of Henyard on the Thornton Township Board. He and other critics say public... You mean it isn't the Reverend Holmes? He's not a critic of this kind of open and notorious skullduggery? Not at all? money has been used to fund Henyard's private charity. They say board members were asked to approve a $10,000 payment to the foundation in 2022, days before a much-publicized cancer walk from Dalton to Springfield. Thornton Township credit card records show taxpayers then footed the bill for more than $10,000 in hotel rooms. Along, <laughs> You deserve it. You absolutely... I hope he's a trustee. I don't know if it's true. And I hope his pay is 150000 a year. Another reverend, the Church of Perpetual Tax Evasion. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, you went through the list of what uh, the media doesn't want you to know. There's another thing, and it's the thing that you and I have an issue with. It's they also don't want people to get involved. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to encourage people, your listeners, to get involved. They well, you can get involved, get involved in Dalton. You just got to rubber stamp the corruption. Get involved in Chicago. You just got to be a Democrat. You, no, get you involved. can't get involved and fight it. You can't get involved and fight it. If you okay. get involved at in a local level, the precinct level. What's the last paper the you read? Do you ever read a paper printed in the last 110 years in Chicago? You ever read one? Who's the guy no, that got involved and fixed it? Which Republican? Is it seven foot of stupid Bruce Rauner, who is the guy who actually made Illinois a sanctuary state? Sean, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the local level, the precinct level. People get involved. Yeah. Local politics, they can figure out how things work. Wait I agree them. with you. I agree with along. you. In Austin, Texas, in Knoxville, Tennessee, and pick a town in Florida. You can save it there. You can shore it up. But in these states, the ones that would allow this trust fund baby who couldn't do a push-up if you doubled his net worth, Democrats have been at the table, and Joe Biden is at the table right now, ready to make comprehensive immigration reform a reality. Um, no. And if you believe that, you get what you deserve. Like in Dalton, you get what you deserve. On the route. I saw the video, um, township vehicles being used, township employees being used. Once again, were they paid? Were they given comp time or things of that nature? Um, so there's just, I mean, unfortunately, there's a long list. Hotel use, um, meals. Yeah, you got to go to Juicy Crab. While they're walking, you work up an appetite. David and Lansing. Hey, Sean, I have a question for you. I heard your last guest about the medications and how people are not waking up to the fact that the vaccines are dangerous. Now, I, my question for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask it and I'm going to answer it. 
I think the number one culprit <laughs> here. That's not a question for me. All right, go ahead. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think why people aren't waking up to the dangers of the vaccine. My number one culprit is Google. And there's a uh, professor out of California. He was a former uh, lead editor of Psychology Today. He's doing a study on the Google results and how they sway people, you know, um, particularly with the elections. His name is Robert Epstein, not to be confused with Epstein Island. but Sure. Um, and he is doing the study, and he has like 12,000 participants sending in their data, and he's logging all these results and how they're, and he's studying how they're biased. And so people are searching, you know, like, vaccine, is it dangerous? And they see all these Google search results, and then they believe the results. They just look at them, and they get, you know, sucked. Right, well, hey, it's, you're the greatest ad for DuckDuckGo, which is my search engine on my phone. Okay, fine, I'm, I'm with you. I'm more interested in juicy crabs. Henyard sometimes shouts down or shuts down questions about expenses while presiding over public meetings, as we learned in November. That's when we reported Thornton Township taxpayers spent thousands of dollars on a trip to Las Vegas, where a shopping center conference was underway. Henyard and her allies spent thousands on everything from steak dinners to hotels and what appeared to be first-class airfare. How could he leave out Juicy Crab? You gotta get the Juicy Crab freaking awesome absolutely awesome now we're gonna find out overnight exactly if uh that reverend is a trustee and exactly how much money they make you see that's the last thing these scallywag roaches want you to know it's how much they're actually stealing maybe it's a tip off 149 thousand dollar truck and some louis vuitton underpants we'll be back in 21 hours to expose these roaches